skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who can't figure out why she doesn't want to talk about her abortion. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Right. We are not professionals. We are not pros. We are not trained in any of this, accredited, (laughs) none of that good stuff. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musing to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Sometimes I think about like what the sensation would be like if for somebody who like knows that their letter is about to be read, like what, like what literally happens in their body? <laughs> like, oh, they've written, they've written us about it. it okay, they great. like, they'll say like, uh, they start hyperventilating <laughs> or, or they pull the car over as a couple people wrote us and said they, you know, pull the car over or yeah. whatnot. Cause I, as my like as my teasers about like what kind of letter we're going to write. Yeah. I've gotten like much more specific. <laughs> I'm just yes. like imagining somebody be like, Oh my God, that's me. Oh my God. 
Yeah, um, it is okay. you. If you're thinking it's you, it's you. <laughs> it's definitely you. All right. Uh, this letter comes from Child Free, Not Carefree, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from The Void. Dear Sam and Sierra, let me start off by saying how much I adore the both of you and also Spencer. I've listened to this podcast while traveling the world, running errands, and when I need to get out of my head, on my commute, cleaning, before big events, and just to unwind. No matter what's going on in my life, I can always rely on having you to bring me a little bit of joy throughout the week. So thank you. In 2020, right at the start of the pandemic, I, she, her, 28, had an abortion. Just physically writing that word makes me pause. I am totally Mm. fine with my decision and I stick by it. I don't regret it at all. And although it was tough, I know that it was what was best for me and my future family. Now here comes my predicament. The other night I was at a friend's house and we had some wine, some weed, et cetera. And we were just catching up when the topic of my abortion came up actually really naturally in our conversation. Now this friend, let's call him Jimmy. I've gotten close to fairly recently, three months or so, but a lot of time spent together. Jimmy is a 32-year-old gay cis man who has had a lot of tough experiences of his own. He is really open, caring, and a deeply thoughtful friend. We talk about all sorts of things and even very explicitly things to which I would never feel comfortable. I wasn't worried at all about his reaction or acceptance of me talking about it. Yet as soon as the words started to come out of my mouth, I started to regret telling him about it at all. Mm. The word pregnant and abortion just don't want to come out of my mouth. Like they're stuck in my throat somehow. After Mm. I told him, I started kind of shaking, like having the chills and feeling a big manic in my tone. I noticed that usually after I tell somebody, I either try to change the subject or make a joke to keep things from feeling awkward. I don't want to trauma dump, but also it's not a big deal. And talking about it with safe people should be fine, right? This continually leads me to a mental state where I'll go back and forth and bringing it up casually to seem as normal as possible about it until the conversation ends one way or another. However, Mm. this time the conversation actually ended just fine. And I don't think I got too strange or more talkative or anything super unusual. Nevertheless, I still couldn't shake that weird feeling and thought about it all the way home until I said, fuck Mm. it and wrote to you all. Love that. Love the vibe of being like, fuck it. Let's write to Sam and Sierra. (laughs) Love that for you. I've noticed this is a pattern that has happened to me a lot. Even with the people I trust the most and care about, I can't seem to feel okay when speaking about my abortion. I don't feel shame around it and I'm deeply content with my decision. I know, I know that not only was it right for me, but I recognize that it's a totally normal thing to do. Yet for some reason, the more I tell people, the weirder I feel. I can't really Mm -hmm. put my finger on exactly why it feels weird. Part of me thinks that maybe it's because it makes it less special and I lose ownership of it in a way. Mm -hmm. That is really real. Or maybe I have a deep seated shame that I'm just not addressing Or maybe the people I'm telling really aren't safe. So my question is, I know it's up to me how I want to remember what I went through and how personal it is or not personal it is, but what really is the best way for me to go out sharing it? Should I or should I not be telling people? What will make me me able to live with it the easiest? I'm so lucky that I live in a state where I have such good access to healthcare. So I'm not concerned about So I'm not so concerned about people knowing in the way of a safety issue as much. And I deeply want to be that girl who can shout their abortion. When I was experiencing it, I felt so deeply alone and once again had to turn Mm. to the internet for any type of solace. I always think about how impactful it was for me to know other people had experienced something similar. 
I go to tons of protests and marches and I try to be an advocate in whatever ways I can, but it feels so different being on the other side of it now. And instead of speaking loud and proud, going through it actually made me a lot quieter about it. I know in a few days, this feeling will probably go away for a while and then it'll come up again. So I want to be prepared on what I should do. When I see people and remember I told them about it, I get so uncomfortable and worried, especially with my Mm. cis male friends. For example, I told my brother at one point and regret it constantly. At the time, I felt really compelled to tell him and he has been nothing but supportive ever since. But now it feels like information he really shouldn't have and I can't Mm. take it back. I know this is really quite scatterbrained, but it's years after and I'm still trying to figure it all out. Thank you so much for reading my letter. Writing it down has been pretty uncomfortable, but it did get easier as I went along. So even if you don't read it on the podcast, that's at least a good thing. I appreciate you both so much and just how much you've helped me and tons of other people. Any advice or thoughts you have would be really appreciated. For some reason, I feel safe having my story, even if it's just a glimpse in your hands. Oh, I'm so touched by that. All the best. (laughs) Child-free, but not carefree. P.S. I know I need therapy for a lot of things, and I'm in the process. It's just been tough getting started. Hey, I get it. Listen, thank you so much for writing. I feel so deeply touched that you thought of us when it comes to the subject matter of this letter. And I... And I, I thank you for sharing it in this avenue because I feel as though a lot of people will connect to your story. Um, I think there has been an unforeseen impact of the politicization, the politicizing <laughs> of... I think politicization um, is a word. <laughs> Sure. I add Asian to everything though. So anyway, the politicizing of um, abortion and reproductive uh, health um, that has led us to um, feel as though you have to either be loud and proud or anti-choice, right? (laughs) Yep. Um, And... Just like the issue of abortion, just like the act of ending a pregnancy, there it is not a black and white lived experience and you are not one or the other on that either ends of that binary spectrum. It is nebulous. It mm-hmm. is complicated. It is nuanced. Some people um, choose to have an abortion and they want to tell people about it and they feel great about that. And other people have an abortion and they, and they are like you surprised by the emotional response that they have. And they, and that doesn't mean that they regret their decision. Anyway, those are just two. (laughs) I'm getting ahead of myself. I forgot that this is just the (laughs) intro. (laughs) I hope that our humble musings will um, give you some things to think about some ways to tend to yourself. Um, but most importantly, I hope that you feel affirmed in all that you are, all that you are experiencing. Um, and we'll hopefully give you some, uh, advice on to, on how to move forward with this lived experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but first we have to take a very quick break. (laughs) 
All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Um, I just want to reiterate or like affirm what Sierra said before the break, which is this idea of like, we sort of are in this place politically where it's like either, you know, where we've become understandably so, um, 
where understandably we've tried to change the narrative about abortion as something that people should be deeply ashamed of or that should happen in the dark and instead sort of the idea that abortion is normal, it is a medical procedure that should be done in circumstances where it needs to be done or where somebody wants it to be done, right? And that people shouldn't feel any shame about it, right? They should be able to talk right. about it. They should be able to shout it from the rooftops, all of those things. And I am really glad that that is a narrative that is out there in the world, right? Because abortions right. are nothing to be ashamed of, right? right. And they are medically necessary or medically and should be medically available to people who want them. Right. Like that is absolutely true. And right. when we have one narrative, which is either like abortion is a terrible thing that we should keep in the dark or ban always, or everyone who gets an abortion should be super excited about it. And we should be able to shout it from the rooftops. Then we miss all of the nuance that happens in between, which is that like, we may know exactly what child free says here. Right. You know, she knows that this was the right decision for her. And also like she doesn't feel the need or want right. to share it. Right. Or I know this is exactly the right thing for me. And the process of it was traumatic. Right. Or the, right. the, the going to the doctor, the putting my feet up in stirrups. Right. Like the whole process of it was like deeply uncomfortable and made me feel weird. Like all of those things can be true at the same time and doesn't mean that we are somehow anti-choice or that we are somehow yeah. right. Like undermining the cause in some way. Yeah. And I, I deeply feel for you that you're feeling limited in how and what you can talk about when it comes to your own experience with this abortion, because it does feel like we only have two options. And one is like an absolute right. no, which then means right. that the other one has to be absolutely yes, which is like obviously yeah. not true, you know? Yes, but our brains are limited. Absolutely, and it's like the, the ways in which this medical procedure has been politicized means that there has to be a good or bad, right? And that's not absolutely the truth, right? Like. To be clear, like abortion is something that should be and should remain medically available to people. But our experiences of it doesn't have to be always the same for it to also be an important medical procedure. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I actually I I I have a couple like uh personal things to add to this. Um one is I remember maybe a couple summers ago on our Patreon, we answered a letter from somebody who um, regretted their abortion or felt regret around it, you know, and I remember talking to you before we decided to answer the letter and saying like, man, I am super nervous to answer this letter because I don't want to contribute to the anti-abortion narrative that like you're going to do this and you're going to regret it for life or whatever. Um, I was like nervous to put anything out there that wasn't just this is something that happens medically and physically and personally all over all, you know, for as long as time has existed or whatever. Um, but you and I talked about it and we ended up talking about that anxiety in the episode and I was really changed from answering that letter because I felt like I needed to break down the invisible barriers that I had around conversations around abortion. Like you said, because it has been politicized, I had created this rigid structure around abortion and that anything that fell outside of that was scary territory because I was so desperate to defend this right that I was afraid of contributing to 
anything against it anyway. Um, and I, I ended that episode and, and walked away from that conversation really grateful to remember that, you know, our po- political system here in the U.S. M- wants things on a binary. They want thing on they want things on black and white so that they can regulate, so that they can punish, so that they can shame. You know, they want it to be yes or no, good or bad, um, and they benefit from that. But that has never been the human experience, right? Same with gender, right? We our legislators right now are really obsessed with making it a black and white thing. And it has never been black and white. The human experience has never been not nuanced, you know, and not complicated. The other thing I want to add from my personal life is that I, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, um, I saw a lot of people in my life come forward with their stories of um, having an abortion and, I spoke to somebody afterwards and they said that they felt like they needed to share that lived experience um, because it felt so urgent and it felt required of them. And it felt so scary, you know, to have this right taken away, Um, but that it was sort of an extension of of our weird control over um, women's bodies and people who can become pregnant, like that you had to, not only did you have to make this really hard decision, but then you had to wave it up high and proud or else it was, it was like not worth as much socially or you weren't contributing to helping this, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, sort of what we're getting at is is that like there's so much context and so much nuance in the experience of undergoing an abortion talking about an abortion who you're talking to how you're talking about it that like there's there is an important sort of political moment that we're in around telling these stories in ways that normalize them and also we need to respect that these stories are people's own and they get to decide how and when they share it with people I going to your question about like how, how, what is the best way for me to go about sharing it? Um, I want to first say you don't have to share it, right? You don't have to be vulnerable and transparent. Um, You don't, you know, that doesn't make you less vulnerable. If you choose to keep parts of yourself private because you don't feel ready to share, you don't feel physically you know, at ease, you don't feel safe with the person that you're in or whatever reason, you don't have to share. Um, you don't have to to tell people you've done something to in order to prove how you support it, right? Period. Even if it comes up in conversation, you can lie. I, I don't care. Whatever you want to do that makes you feel physically safe and um, authentic, that is okay with me. Um, if you do want to share, like in this situation with your friend or with your sibling, I want to say that, and I, I think Sam could back me up on this, but people's reactions to your potentially, you know, to your vulnerability isn't an indication that you were, that you told them something 
wrong or Mm -hmm. bad, their reaction to it isn't even an indication of their experience of it. You know, we are imperfect, like lovers of life, right? We are in, you know, your sibling is imperfect. Your friend is imperfect and their reactions to you sharing something that maybe makes them uncomfortable, not because they disagree with what you did, but because they don't know how to respond to other person, you know, another person's vulnerability in that moment. Mm-hmm. That doesn't automatic, that doesn't mean that when they go home that night, they're like, oh my God, uh, my friend shared this thing and I'm so uncomfortable with their decision or, you know, your brother having this knowledge of you. This, What I'm trying to point out is people's inability to respond really elegantly in the moment doesn't equate to a bigger narrative, right? It doesn't mean like, I know, I know from, from firsthand that when Sam talks about his dad, sometimes people, myself included, probably stumble. Like we are not perfectly equipped at responding to vulnerability and we are definitely not perfectly equipped equipped at responding to the really hard fucking gritty side of life which is that people die people get abortions people do things that we have complicated feelings about you know all, all of this stuff like like anyway their reaction doesn't equal their judgment of you or a, a, a bigger narrative. Do you know what I mean? And sure. I, I say that because I see your anxiety seeping into this letter of like, you know, your my brother was super well, you know, responded really well. And Jimmy is traditionally a very safe friend. And I see your anxiety going, I bet they're reveling in this. I bet that they're judging me or, or mm. this is, I let this information out and now it is unsafe. And I just want to say, I don't think it is. I do know what it feels like to feel like you have revealed an, a, a vulnerable part of you and feeling vulnerable and unsafe in that sharing. I also know that our anxiety can like run wild with that a little, if that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving forward, how can you find a best way to talk about it for you? I think one, I think, you know, start, start with how does it feel to talk about it with yourself? You know, what does it feel like to, to say it, you know, even in your letter writer, uh, even in the writing of this letter to us, you know, you said it was uncomfortable. It's, it's uncomfortable to sit with this and that's okay. That doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. That doesn't mean you're a bad feminist. That doesn't mean, you are anti-choice. It just means that this was a really difficult decision and that your nervous system and your memory and your body isn't totally healed from having to go through this really difficult thing, you know? Mm. Um, And moving forward to talk about it um, with people that you feel safe and, um, you know, when you feel interested in sharing it, I would say, just remember that they're not always going to have a perfect reaction and that's not telling you a story about yourself. You know, if somebody responds imperfectly to you sharing this part of your history, that's not them telling you that they think they made a wrong decision or that you're a bad person or anything. Um, disconnecting that person's response with your act of sharing. I know it's harder said than done, but 
but is going to be what has to happen here, you know? For sure. Because so many of us are ill-equipped to to receive other people's experiences that are hard or traumatic or challenging or whatever word you want to use for what your experience with your abortion was. Because so many of us, if we haven't been in that position, it can be hard for us to understand. Uh, We're so infrequently offered language around how to hold other people's stuff that uh, our imperfection and how we react or respond doesn't necessarily mean that there's something deeper there, right? It just might be that we're struggling with how to hold it or talk about it. We may be looking to the person who is sharing with us to take the lead on how we should be reacting or responding. And that can feel off-putting. And it's okay for you to think like, I'm going to be discerning with who I tell this to, right? It's nothing to be ashamed of in any way, but it's also okay for you to decide who gets to see that part of you and who doesn't. That is, that is your prerogative. I also just want to say like looking back at your letter and thinking about some things that Sam and I talked to before, I think it's really reasonable that you do not feel the same level of ease or comfort talking to your cis male friends than maybe other people. Um, and this is a blanketed statement and the, all blankets have holes in them. Right. (laughs) But it is, I have seen historically, not all, but some of my cis male friends being unable to, it's not even that they are anti-abortion. All of them are pro-choice, but it's that they don't know how to talk about it in a real setting, in a personal, you know, this person says I had an abortion. That is a different conversation to them than posting a Planned Parenthood fucking thing on their Instagram stories, right? For sure. It is a, I grew up talking about abortions and I grew up thinking about having one, right? Once, you know, once I realized I had a body that could get pregnant and I, and I started doing things that would lead to pregnancy, I have constantly had to walk that reality, right? Like I've had to, that is a part of my lived experience, whether or not I've had an abortion, right? (laughs) Like it's Uh just a part of my experience. Um, And I, it makes a lot of sense to me that you haven't felt the same reciprocal comfort with that specific population. Not that they're incapable of it, um, nor does it excuse it, but I just want to like echo that that is a very common experience um, for me as well. For sure. For sure. All right, my love. Uh, We hope that this helps you sort of maybe understand yourself a little bit better um, and hopefully add some clarity to how you want to hold this experience yeah. for yourself and, and yeah. helps you feel like you get to decide what it looks like for you to hold this experience. Uh, cause yeah. that's the important thing for you is that this is yours and, and you get to make choices about how you want to share, who you want to share with and how you want to support yourself in the reality of this experience that you've had. Uh, and Sierra and I are here to affirm you and see you and love you in that autonomy and in that, um, and in that empowerment of your body and your story and your own relationships. Yeah, absolutely. We love you so much and we hope this helps. Absolutely.
All right, everyone. It's Friday, which means that it is time for our blind date. So every week we try and set you up with something that we think you are really going to like. This week, our blind date is... It is a television show that's been out for like five years. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Willow and I are finally watching um, Only Murders in the Building, which is on Hulu, starring Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. Is that his name? Mm Mm-hmm. And Martin Short, uh, and it's charming, weird, and hilarious. <laughs> it is all of those things. <laughs> it's it's fun. I love how weird it is. I don't think I would like it if it wasn't as weird as it is. Um, but there's mystery and murder and detectiveing, yep. and and it's all about starting a podcast, which is really which is really to cute. Watch. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Was- so it's on Hulu. I was, I have recently also gotten into this show, and I was talking to Peter about it, and it's like it's funny that like you know, 40 years after like the peak of Martin Short and Steve Martin's careers, I'm suddenly like, oh, they're funny, (laughs) right? Like it's like- very charming. And it like, and it's, I think part of it is because Selena Gomez like also is a millennial that sort of like calls out their weirdness. That it also, yeah, it's just like, it's like, oh, I've got an in to like understanding these like very strange men. And like, they're probably like terrible people in real life. Like, let's be, like, I'm not trying to like- as all people who are men are generally, but like, it is fun to sort of like come (laughs) to this like understanding of these people who I've like known about for my entire life, but have never actually like engaged with meaningfully before. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's been out for like several years now. So there are three seasons right now. So it's nice because Willow and I didn't have anything to sort of binge for a minute. And now we have something that's like, that feels unlimited, even though there, there's definitely a limited. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content from us, or if you want ad free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, as well as access to our main episodes without ads. That's patreon.com slash just break up pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music and his podcasts. And remember, your abortion is not a learning opportunity for other people. It's not a peg in the political landscape. It is yours. It is whatever you need it to be. Um, Our stories, our experiences are only for other people if it serves us. And if all else fails, just break up.